When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, Ashes Daily, Edgebaston, day three, the first test. It's Jeff Lemon, it's Adam Collins, it's brought to you by Westfield, uh, more extra, less ordinary. And, Adam, you're going to have to tell us about the day in 30 seconds. It's not a full day, so no. that might make it a little bit easier. 30 seconds, though, that's what you got. 5 for 3.11, Australia resumed on a 3.11 for 5, depending on when you went to school. Kawaja out for 141 after Kerry was knocked over by Anderson for 66. They lose 5 for 75 at the stroke of lunch. They're all out for 386, which leaves them seven runs in arrears. Pat Cummins, an important 38, batting at number eight. They come out after lunch, they bowl poorly. None for 26. They come back after a rain delay and take two for two from 22 balls, including Crawley and Duckett, whose dismissal we will talk about because Green's catch was a screamer. England close at 28 for two. They're 35 runs in the black with two days to go. There we go. Two days to go. We had a fair bit of rain. They were sort of flirting with trying to get back on at about 6pm. But Gee, they it give was, it a red hot go. They did. The umpires kept... They, there was Good an hour on. and a half there where I thought they could call it at 4.30 and they went, no, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. Um, and, and fair enough. It didn't work out in the end. It's very dark. If you're watching the video, you'll be able to see yeah. how glum and grim it is. And well, this, this is, would have been the time they were... Yeah. It would have been 13 minutes from the time we're recording when play would have... They wouldn't have got back on with bad light. I yeah. think it's the reality of the situation. And this is about how dark it was when, when Crawley and Duckett were batting <laughs> in that second stint of 22 balls. It was hard work out there. But let's start with the start of the day. I thought, well, particularly once the Australian innings wrapped up, England would have been very happy with how things went at that stage. They had Kawaja resuming on 126. They had Kerry resuming on 52. Yep. Um, and they worked through them fairly expeditiously, aside from the partnership between Cummins and Kawaja. Cummins ended up making 38. But, I mean, Kerry, first, first over, big, big drive, inside edge. Besto drops that. Um, then a couple of overs later, there's well, he whacks a couple of boundaries. He edges one for four, um, and then he's bowled through the gate by Andersons. They've got rid of him for 66 in in pretty quick time. Um, and then yeah, the Cummins and Kawaja partnership. Kawaja scores very slowly through that. He bats through most of the session, but only adds 15 runs in nearly two hours. That he, including a six right at the start. So it he was, almost yeah. didn't score after he hit the six and Kerry got out. It was a, a strange kind of codicil to his, his wonderful hundred from yesterday. Yeah, I, I think at the time I was cool with it because I've said all along, um, I stand by the position I took into the test that batting bulk overs is the best way of putting pressure on England at the moment, not letting them play yep. in fast forward the way they prefer to and, and letting them, like even the fact that it'll definitely go to a day five now is partly informed by the way that Kawaja batted this yep. morning, right? So yeah, I agree. No scoreboard pressure necessarily, but different kind of pressure there. And to go back to Cummins, like he got really worked over at the start. The sorts of fields that Stokes was setting, I'm sure we'll come back to this in a sec for the way they got through them, but um, they were really going after Cummins with the short stuff and he didn't look comfortable and he got through it and found a way to score and put the foot down at times. And it helped that Moen Ali was off the field with a, with a finger that's just not adequately ready to bowl mm. spells of 30 overs plus and fair so enough. So what's, what's, I mean, is, is it ripped open from yeah, the seam? Yeah, ripped that basically? open from the seam. So okay. spinning finger, he's got a spinning 
he's got a spinner's injury, right? Yeah. It's just that instead of having the chance to, you know, dip his finger in urine like Ashley Giles used to do, sure, or other ways that sure. spinners have, and he got fined tw- uh, yeah. 15% of his match fee or something like that. For dipping his finger in urine. Yeah, he yeah, just for, went to one the, of the stalls. He's like, do you mind? For um, the drying of his hands out. yesterday. I'm not sure if that necessarily related to the finger. Maybe not. But the point is, is it, that... It was, it was an unauthorised drying agent, which, as right. I said at the time, sounds like someone sneaks into your house and does your laundry. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird kind of phrase. But yeah, and using a spray to dry your hands seems odd because the spray is, by definition, moisture particles being projected at you. It's like How is the spray dry? Yeah, you know, when you hear about Grippo going on the hands of footballers to take marks more. Mostly, ah. um, I guess it's the same kind of thing. Okay. If you don't tell the umpires, anyway. Point is, Mo and Ali not being there gave Cummins the chance to, to set into a bit of a rhythm. Sure. But at the same time, wickets were falling down the other end, and Australia's tail was never going to be overly threatening after him. Line out for one, yep. Boland out for a duck. Cummins last man out. Hazelwood didn't fire a shot. So we always knew that one. Well, wicket... he made one run. He played very nicely. Played a little guide <laughs> behind point. Got off strike, and then Cummins was like, well, I can't rely on Hazelwood, and just tried to slog a six, and got himself out. Who knows what Hazelwood would have done? He, true, he, true. He, I thought he, he comported he make, himself very well. He did make 38 batting with Adam Voges when Voges made his uh, tested 100 on debut yep. in Dominica all those years ago. And he made a 50 partnership with Marcus Stoinis in which Hazelwood didn't face a ball. Um, in that one day uh, in Auckland when Hazelwood was eventually run out at the non-strikers end, Diamond Duck. There you go. Um, yeah, things so th- you learn. Things you learn. So I think 7 I, for 75, okay. I, I would have thought that had you said to Australia at the start of the day, you'll be batting at lunch, and they effectively were, like they were out in yep. the over before or something like that, they would have gone, that's that's about right. Yeah. Um, even if they would have liked maybe 25 more runs for the, uh, for the psychological advantage of being in the black, they've effectively offset that by taking two early wickets. That's what I thought with the Kawaja bit though. Like, I mean, and I know it's very easy to be critical after the fact but I thought it's not like he needed to go out there and smash the bowling around but I thought he could have been a bit more proactive and particularly when you're starting to bat okay you're batting with Cummins and so on you've got the tail to come you, things could end quickly you know that things yeah. could end quickly and I thought if he'd shown a little bit more um, appetite to score and pushed them on by another 20 or 30 runs and got them into a little bit of a lead by the time they were out that's a better position to be in you just feel better as a team knowing that you're going in even with only a small advantage yeah, I kind of you know? feel like I just didn't I get what, what I definitely the see point your point. I, I see your point. I think the other side of it is is that had he played expansively this morning and got out, it would have it would have mm. sped up the decline. But not knowing, expansively, just just that there were so many dot balls. No, no, sure, sure. But the point I'm making is is that he he made sure that England had to field for one more session. Yeah, uh, he 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 was the main factor in that. So anyway, we're, and we're 141. Going around circles a bit, yeah. yeah, well, maybe we'll come back to that in. in Hall of Fame, but uh, and the other bit is I I think Nathan Lyon deserves a clip for how he batted. That was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. So the number of times that Nathan Lyon has said to us in press conferences, "Oh, I don't know how to bat, mate." It's it's like his go-to line. He has to be self-deprecating and humble and say that he can't do it, which isn't true. He, he can, can bat. bat. He can. He's just about made a Test fifty before. He's made a number of useful twenties and thirties. Probably and so made four forties, I'd say. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes he counterattacks and slogs them, and sometimes he takes them on, like Mark Wood with the pull shot when he was hitting sixes um, during the last Southern Ashes. But sometimes he plays a little bit more sensibly, and he can actually be a useful addition. He goes out there. He faces six balls. Five of them are short balls. He's got six fielders out on the hook and he tries to hook all five of the short balls. He misses two and gets hit on the body. He misses one completely. He top edges one that goes for a single in between two of the catches, and then he just hits one straight to deep square leg and gets caught. It was genuinely stupid. I just didn't understand the point. Like, if they've got six out for the hook, okay, sure, you're like, oh, I'm going to back myself in and play my shots. Or not, or don't, or just get out of the way of the ball. You don't have to play a hook shot at a short ball if they've got everybody back for it. And it was a waste because Cummins was playing well. Like they could have batted 
for a, a, another hour if, if he'd been able to settle in and do a job. And he just didn't, it's like he couldn't be bothered trying to do it. He was like, no, my story that I can't bat, that's the story and I'm going to stick to it. Uh, I, again, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't like quite it. see it that way. I'd say that like they, Cummins talks a lot about wanting to fail the way you succeed and like Lyon's second best shot behind the sweep is the, is the hook. Not with six so, catches out of it. No, 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 but I mean, he, he's going he's gonna to play the shots. It's his best shot. He's going to back himself to be successful with but it. Th- anyway, but so. that is genuinely self-destructive. If, if everybody is waiting for you to play that shot to get you out yeah. and the way he plays it is in the air. Like that's what he does. He takes on bowlers and that's fine to do when they've got a fine leg and there's a lot of space out there and you might fortune is more likely to go your way but if they've got literally six out a square leg a mid wicket a deep square leg a backward square a short leg they're all waiting for you to top edge the hook shot it's just not smart and he's a spot too high anyway he's batting at nine he should be at 10 or 11 he's yeah. played most of his career at 11 but yeah we're probably splitting hairs on on what is a pretty small insignificant relatively speaking part of the day today the, mo- the most important part of the day came after lunch when australia got the chance to bowl and their first stretch wasn't good number 26 when the first rain delay hit, and they did not bowl well. There was something, it felt like something yeah. wasn't quite right with Cummins. He took a pill, I think, at one point. Um, not, didn't, <laughs> didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't. Uh, Throw up the glow sticks. Yeah, well, it wasn't quite that. He, 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 but, um, <laughs> Head to revolver straight it, after this. Jerry Kimber picked up on him, sort of favouring one shoulder. Anyway, yep. the point is, is that. And he bowled straight. Drifting they, onto the pads. They had a mid wicket in, and they were bowling straight, and it was just getting dinked into the leg side. Yeah, and he was attacking the stumps and trying to get leg before wickets or bowls. Um, taking advantage I suppose of the slow surface but um, very shortly it was back to one slip in a gully and the field spread and you could see where it could have drifted but mm-hmm. they were um, aided by the, f- the first rain delay and they come back immediately following that and the game is different because the overheads are different and as we've seen across three days here well specifically yesterday morning and in that mini session today when the clouds are out um, the ball swinging uh, and that's great because it does add an extra element mm. and that's exactly what we saw um, with an exhilarating 22 deliveries it felt like an hour of cricket it was not even four overs but yep. um, he saw fit to bring Boland into the attack this is Cummins yep. uh, and replace and, and Cummins, line. Cummins finds his spot there's this did, there's this Cummins line and length that's that's sort of copyright him it's so it's I mean it's not unique it's like hitting the top of off stump is not unique but it's like when he hits that length, he just gets the ball to do a little bit either way off the seam. And, and well, it's it, a scramble seam. It's, it's the wobble seam, right? He, he does the wobble seam thing as well as anyone in the world. He digs the you know, Mariana Trench on the fourth stump line and, and, and just works his way down it through and over. But this was him bowling fuller um, out of that series of options of where he likes to pitch it. And it was far more accurate. Uh, it was more around the line of the fourth stump than it was the middle and yep. off stump, which is angling into the pads. That's why they were able to take him into the onside and the way he did it to duck it was again we, we, we spoke a lot about Hazelwood a couple of days ago setting duck it up by bowling balls that he could feel then giving him one outside that was a tempter mm-hmm. so it was again playing with the angled bat Cameron Green drags in a catch the third catch with one mitt in a week where he's had to keep his fingers under the ball like it was in the second innings of the World Test Championship final the degree of difficulty on that at his height yeah. even to get to the contest let alone mm-hmm. having the presence or the physicality to keep his fingers underneath the ball sufficiently well yep. I'm sure they're big fingers but you've got to get there and you've got to have the wingspan and he's got to have the athleticism he's got all of it happening yep. at the same time 
and I, I just don't believe I've ever seen a fielder in that position, acknowledging that Joel Garner was clearly a brilliant gully fielder, but I didn't get to watch all of his career. We weren't around for the bulk of it. Much of it, yeah. Um, really. I've seen a lot of highlights of him taking great catches, but it just feels sure. like Green is the next level, and he's making gully sexy again. <laughs> making gully he is. sexy. It, it Four went... slips was deregaring to a five minutes ago. Now three slips and a gully's back because of Green. They did um, They did look at it on the replay, and for a minute we were like, oh, God, you know, here we go again. But this one sort of hit the heel of the hand and went down into his fingers, um, and, and so it was it was easier to tell what was going on sure. on the replays with that catch, and Duckett gave himself out once he saw the first couple of replays and yes. started wandering off the field. Um, That's not sustainable from Duckett. I mean, no. you know, we've been talking about it on our commentary. I was doing a spot with Michael Vaughan before as well. If you want to be a long-term test opener in England, playing at everything yeah. is going to mean you're going to create chances because the ball moves laterally and you're an yeah. opener and it's the Dukes and there were overheads today. Like sure. there, are, there are four or five things yeah. working against you there. It um, just, it's, it's bugged me a little bit that because people have pumped him up for it. They're like, oh, this is this, this great stat. He, he's never played a league. He's a baseballer. He's, yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, some things are convention because they work, because people have tried the other way and it has failed consistently enough that they learn to stop doing it like there are yeah. reasons like not everything that is conventional is boring and stupid and and old and should be discarded some things are convention for a reason and and again it kind of if he wants to be successful in the series he'll have to combat this every single yep. time yep. they're going to know that early on you let him feel a few and let him feel in a little bit remember he was 10 from 10 today mostly through the leg side then they're going to go right temp the time and if he can't resist uh, he's going to nick a lot of balls this summer and that'll become a problem for England sooner rather than later, which is a shame for him because you know, I rate Ben Duckett. I think that he's got natural ball striking ability up there with the very best of them and I, I want him to succeed. But mm. to do so, he's going to have to find a way to be disciplined to leave balls in that channel or he's going to be, especially bowlers like Cummins, yeah. who we've talked about the wobble seam accuracy he's sure. got. When he's on a good day, he'll give him two balls and over, which mm -hmm. are get-out balls. And it's yep. a question as to whether he can rationalise leaving them in his head and that'll be a conversation I'm sure they're having in the dressing room. And you can punt balls around, punt bowlers around in the championship um, and it's gonna, it's a different level. It's well, not in Pakistan the same as thing, well, right? You know? In Pakistan when it's slow and this is slow sure, too. If it's happening sure. on a slow track, what about when they rock up at Lords next week, which has been quick the last couple of years? Um, and then you've got Crawley, oh, who, what a ball. I mean, he gets out in a, a Crawley sort of way, but there's not much you can do about Great it. Ball. So Boland comes on and he just hits the Boland MCG length, yep. basically. He gets the, the ball to deck away ever so slightly. This is what I like about Boland, is that he, he when, when he gets the ball to move, it's very rarely extravagant movement. It's the tiniest bit of movement and it's just enough to clip the edge. And Crawley's playing almost like 1920s style. He sort of gets, <laughs> gets the leg there and the bat's almost tucked in behind it as he's just protecting the line of off stump. And it just moves away enough to... Yes, the tiniest little click on the way through. Yeah, it's subtlety um, yeah. from, from Boland. It's never exaggerated movement, with the exception of the, the big off-cutters that he bowled last week at the Oval. More often than not, he's getting um, players out on the basis of, of subtlety, and so it was with Crawley today. There'll be the usual band of uh, haters of Crawley, and, you know, that's fine. That's the way it goes if you're a player who's got a poor record and you get out defending. I saw a quick list stat saying he gets out defending more than anyone ever or something like that, but he also gets out playing expansive shots, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, today was an example of getting out to a, a good piece of bowling. When Boland was on a roll, and he nearly nicked off Root as well, there was, yeah, the, um, there couple, was the there was the and there was a couple of LBW miss, shouts. LBW shout, but it was the play and miss where they went upstairs thinking they'd heard something. Um, that I mean, had, had they been correct and had been Root's edge, yep. um, Boland just has a knack of taking wickets in clumps 
uh, and he is going to prove to be a challenge for England. And remember, that's two days after probably his toughest day in Test cricket. Mm -hmm. One for 86 when it's 6.1 and over in the first innings. England probably thought, we've got this guy's measure on surfaces like this. Well, great response in conditions yep. that were better suited to, to the Victorian. So they're two for 28, 28 for two overnight. They'll come back with a couple of days to go and see where they can set up the game, see whether we lose any more time as we go forward. Um, but there's not much point making predictions. Should we, should we Hall of Fame? Because it's starting to rain as well. Oh, right. Yeah, my only prediction is they won't bat for more than two sessions if they're still yeah. going. Either way, they're going to give themselves four sessions to bowl because Ben Stokes has told us they're not going to accept draws. And if you only leave three sessions, you are, you are broadly speaking, accepting the possibility of a draw. Sure. So um, if you go by what he said before the series, there's, there's really no scenario where they're batting, I wouldn't have thought, after tea tomorrow. They'll be all out or, or they'll be, you know, doing what they always do. And how they respond, you know, they, they talk about... Um, uh, responding to adversity the way they get into trouble. Um, it'll be compelling if if Australia really go at them tomorrow, if it's cloudy again, mm -hmm. and Root and Pope try and respond in kind. That will be, again, probably the best cricket we've seen so far. In one second, it'll be the final word, Hall of Fame. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Hall of Fame is all about what's the most final word moment of the day, the things we liked, the things we enjoyed, occasionally the things we didn't, um, the things that stood out. It's brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. They are both Westfields and they're both in London um, and one's at one end and one's at the other end. So whichever end of London you're at, you can find one. It's still Father's Day today. If you're listening to this and you're really late, you could still maybe, you know, take your, take your dad down to sixes and pop him in the nets, <laughs> take him down to all-star lanes and do some bowling, uh, take him down to the, the baseball joint and hit some dingers. And Whatever. buy him a tie or do as my um, my fiance Rach did with Winnie and buy matching bluey pyjamas, oh. which probably didn't come from Westfield, truth be told. But it's again, getting in the spirit of giving, uh, Westfield's a great place to do exactly that. You can see the, the, the vast array of options on the website, westfield.com forward slash United Kingdom forward slash London. One of the people coming to my wedding has heard our conversations on here. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, he's going to Westfield, London, and yep. buying a suit for the wedding. Okay. My, because we told him so. Well, that's why not? Why not do that? Maybe I will do the same. I obviously am not carrying a suit, because <laughs> when have you ever seen me carry a suit? Um, More extra, less ordinary. Look, uh, there's that. There's that to think about. There's also the fact that we caught up with a bunch of Final Word listeners last night and learned this is my Hall of Fame nomination. There's a game going on called um, Final Word. I think it's Final Nerd Combat Listening. Right. Which is that we're producing so many shows at the moment that if you have more than two unlistened shows in your feed you have lost you're out of the game <laughs> and it's a survival mechanism to see who can stay in the game the longest so you basically you have to be able to listen to whatever episode comes out as soon as it comes out because if another one drops before you've got to the current waiting one then you're gone Two, so our two quite good story time that came out this morning yep. will need to be consumed in totality yep. before they get to... Before we release this show, because this show is going to knock out quite a few people, I oh, predict. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I hope people listen to story time. And if you didn't, it's pretty good. You can learn yeah. about a guy called Lionel 
Parallets. Pallorettes. Pallorettes. Yep. That's uh, a good story worth, yep. worth, um, worth tuning in for. And many others along the way. Yeah, you can learn also learn about uh, what the San Francisco unicorns in, yes. in, in um, Major League Cricket in the US. There are plenty of things going on. Now, what else have we got? Hall of Famey. I, I saw a guy on a poncho today. And okay. This was picked up by Phil Long, our statistician on SEN, who stood there with the poncho on, looking out towards the eastern side of the ground for three hours without moving. Um, he probably received a shift last night or something as often wow. as with, with stewarding. Standing out in the pouring rain in a poncho, fair play man, you've done your job today, you've yeah. earned your wage, and I hope he has a really nice cup of tea waiting for him at home. Wow. Uh, a nomination for the ground staff, they gave it absolutely everything to get on, on tonight. The easy things to do to go slow in yep. a situation like that. I think credit to umpire Rasmus and umpire Raza as well. Because okay. even though we all get a bit shirty upstairs and talk about, oh, they're not getting on, they're going to call stumps anyway. Like it's their, it's their A, their prerogative and B, their responsibility mm -hmm. to be seen to be doing the right thing. And sure. they tried their very, very best. And how about Ben Stokes on the balcony kind of pretending that he wanted to go on? It, it might be true. He might have saw half an hour tonight as an opportunity to add 50 more runs. Usually it's the batting side who are sure. desperate not to continue. So they're my nominations in addition to yep. um, the fact that we came within seven runs of a tie in the first innings. And as you know from story time, it's only happened eight times. Right. Um, I'm going to throw in one more nom for Usman Khawaja who, uh, so 140, his big one against South Africa and Adelaide, mm -hmm. 141, uh, his, his one in Dubai and 141 again today. So his important hundreds tend to be uh, couched around the same number. And the bit upstairs where Ben Stokes brought in the umbrella field and a bunch of people upstairs were grumbling saying, oh, this is just nonsense. Look, this is absolutely ridiculous. Works well. And then Kawaja tries to drive it through the open spot at backward point, leaves his gate open and loses his stumps. And, got, like, and, well, got, a, and got a send off from Ollie Robinson, which yeah. I thought, it's more, I mean, I'm not sort of offended by it. I know I said something on radio that's gone a little bit around the internet, but look, here's the deal. Like, he, you know, if, you, if you're going to give him a real proper send off as he did, um, probably not. The guys made a beautiful 141. Like, yeah. It just felt like, you, yeah, I'm not anti kind of getting and probably not a send off that is quote, fuck off you fucking dick. I think you said fuck off you fucking prick. Oh, fucking prick, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, yeah, Kawaja, like, pick your moments, pick mm. your time. Like, mm. it just, I saw Ollie Robinson have a complete meltdown out at, at Radlett in the 2020 season in a county game where he was abusing everyone, should have been suspended for abusing the umpire. So I know he's probably made quite a few steps to become a better person since what was revealed on his test taboo day. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's still got, like, some degree of white line fever that comes sure. out in weird ways. All right. Uh, it is raining fairly hard right now, so let's yeah. call this off. This has been The Final Word Daily, The Ashes Daily. You can support us at patreon.com slash The Final Word, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for day four. More extra, less ordinary. <laughs> Bloody hell. I ain't breezing and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected by the right, I ain't fenced in. If my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it.